<laughs> Rob Van Dam, listen to True Hill Heat. Pow. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for our Impact Boundful Glory 2023 review. We're here to discuss last night's pay-per-view, the biggest show of the year for Impact Wrestling. But no, 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 not so fast. Not Impact Wrestling. TNA wrestling is back. TNA, 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 TNA. It is back, and we're here to discuss all of that, plus the pay-per-view. And I am joined by the person that we usually have here on the YouTube channel or over on our Twitch channel, talking about Impact Wrestling, now TNA Wrestling. Chris G, how are you? What's going on, everybody? Uh-oh. Might have to change the name of Blunt Impact now. Might have to be total nonstop rolling. TNR, baby, on Thursday nights. Total nonstop blunts. There you oh, go. That, that could work, too. TNB. 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 We're Chris, Chris G and Ness. There you go. Created a whole new show for you. But, yes, uh, are, how excited are you to hear the the infamous letters that Impact Wrestling was no, was once known as back with the company now. I'm excited. I mean, I think the TNA stank, you know, has has definitely gotten rid of itself, you know, with the way Impact Wrestling has been the last, I want to say almost damn near decade, I guess. They've been they've been kind of on a roll. So um I'm excited to see how they rebuild the brand and make some I feel like it gives them like a little boost. I feel like it it makes them feel uh big time again or you know uh, uh, almost up to the point at, that they were when when they were on Spike and stuff like that. I feel like it's like a little bit of a resurgence for them with that with them rebranding back at TNA. So, I'm excited. I think I think there is going to be that nostalgic vibe to it because, you know, like most things, nostalgia can can give you rose colored glasses and you'll not remember the bad times with TNA. The, the letters are now synonymous with a lot of the good times and you ignore a lot of the bad decisions. And they haven't made a lot of those bad decisions over the last like five years since Scott Damore came into the company and had a position of in the creative role and in management and and he's really turned around this company and impact wrestling kind of turned around the image of the company. So you can go back to those nostalgic letters that will bring a little bit of a boost. I do agree. It is going to bring a little bit of a boost. I don't think it's going to be quite spike TV levels. Cause people tend to forget those dudes was doing like 1 million over on spike. Not to that, not to that level, not to that extent, but I feel like, in terms of like name value and stuff like that, and maybe potentially getting a better TV deal down the line, I feel like TNA brand is gonna is gonna boost them up a little bit to, to kind of ascend towards that level. I'm not gonna say they're there yet, but you know it's the ascension that to get where they once were. Well, there is also the issue of one of the reasons why they changed the name of it's not marketing friendly, not PR friendly because TNA means tits and ass. So that is true. 
So we're, we're going to talk all about that. We'll talk about how they made the announcement at the end of the show and top to bottom this pay-per-view as only we do here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with our pay-per-view reviews. We're here after every single WWE, AEW, New Japan, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit the like button if you're with us live. Hit the like button if you're watching us on demand. Remember to uh, also share with your friends. Subscribe if you're new. And of course, if you're with us live, sound off in the live chat. We love to interact with our community here. So sound off. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, we are a self funded channel here so the best way that you could show your support for what we do here on the true hill heat youtube channel pretty much every single day is by sending a super chat donation because those go to the contributors that you usually see on screen with us here and of course if you're watching us on demand sound off in the comments down below and let us know what you thought about impact bound for glory and what do you think about impact becoming tna once again and of course if you want to be one of our members like dj eric thank you so much dj eric for joining us you can hit the join button and just for one dollar a month you get in chat perks you get exclusive content you get the true hill heat prediction championship plus much much more dj eric saying sub thh fam and chat tna is in my dna uh he says d he says everyone loves some tits and asses and ask, haha, yes. Can't disagree, can't disagree. Of course, of course. Uh, G is in the chat saying, what do you do? Uh, we also got Dolores in the chat with us, one of our members saying, what's up, everyone? What's up, Dolores? We got John Jay who says, Scott has done a really good job getting rid of the stink. This decision wouldn't have been possible even two years ago. I think, I think even two years ago, it would have been possible because that was when they had the whole uh, partnership with AEW and Kenny Omega came in. You could have, you, and I think they were, they were thinking about that during the pandemic. They were at that point because really starts in 2018 when Scott comes into a little bit of power and they start going on this run of really good to great pay-per-views and then their weekly show started to become more consistent and even through the pandemic they survived all of that and that's why in 2020 they were thinking about making TNA its own separate brand within the company it was going to be TNA and Impact Wrestling but of course the pandemic stopped all of that but even even the work that they've done in the three years since then, I do agree that they have they have done even more to to make that possible. This move that they've done. Oh yeah, definitely. Even uh, <clears throat> just getting the the certain talent, uh, building certain talent, and kind of just being that revolving door of where <clears throat> other contracted talent can come, which is kind of cool to see. I think it's given Impact like a nice little. It's put them in kind of sort of their own niche in wrestling, and I, I like it. So, I, I mean, I'm on the Impact train, obviously, or the, the TNA train. TNA, TNA. Uh, Ace in the chat saying, I'm so glad that TNA is coming back in January. Uh, we got Negro Bucks saying, Chris G, you doing Blunt Impact this week? That's the, that's the, he's, he's like, he, Oh, there you go. You got to. Got to. Oh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm gonna be in Chi Town visiting my boy Stat King. So I will not be on anything this week. No elite, none of that. I will be uh tequila deep. That's it. Maybe I'll just make a short and just review it drunk. I don't know. There you Maybe go. Yeah, work. Dr there drunk. Work. 
drunk one minute review. Uh, Buck saying, as I live and breathe, TNA is back. Uh, we also got a super chat donation. Thank you so much, DJ Eric. Appreciate you, good brother. He says, total nonstop blunt action. There you go, TNBA. I like it. And if we change our name to that, you're not getting any kickback. Sorry, bro. No, you know, I love you, DJ. You know, I love you, DJ E. <laughs> Just fucking with you. DJ E in the place to be. And we got another super chat donation from the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Thank you so much, Negro Buck. He says, for the rebirth of TNA, Bound for Glory was a great show. And we're going to discuss all about Bound for Glory top to bottom. So we want to hear from all of you. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know your thoughts on each of the matches, what you thought was the best match. MVP, LVP, we of course will do that at the end of the review. But of course, as I said at the beginning, hit that like button if you haven't already, because that helps out oh so much. It gets other people to watch this video just like you. We got Myron Kid in the chat. He says, glad that TNA slash Impact was able to survive both the arrival of ARW and the pandemic. Uh, they uh, are without a doubt hard to kill. Yes, indeed. Indeed, they are. Uh, we also got Frantic World who says, What's up, SP3, Chris G, and Chad? I didn't watch BFG, but I saw some clips, and I'm so happy that TNA is back. AEW, that makes sense. Yes, I was like, I was like, ARW, I was like, Alberto El Patron? Oh, that's a weird way. <laughs> but yes, uh, AEW, yeah, yeah, it, not a, ROH wasn't able to survive AEW coming in, so. The fact that TNA was able to do that and still keep kicking and they if they if they can get a better TV deal or access can get into more homes, I think that they have a shot to be the third viable brand in wrestling because the fact that NWA is on is going to be on the CW network is a damn shame. It uh, kind of fits. I don't know. Does it? It kind of fits. I feel like it, it, I feel like it's synonymous. Oh, NWA on uh, CW network. Yeah, that just it's just I feel like you know you get like the white, the, like oh man, let me not let me not use that word. You get the uh, the liberal. I, I, I don't know what to call it. You get that bullshit on from NWA, right? Let's just call it bullshit. And then you get the bullshit shows on CW. So I mean, it just kind of fits. Hey, One Tree Hill used to be on CW, so it's oh, not all they were they were no. WB eleven, my friend. Let's 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 they not were on CW. No, 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 they they were, on WB no, no, no. One Tree Hill was on CW. Was that, really? You're thinking Dawson's Creek. Dawson's okay. Creek is, right. is 100% WB, but right. I, I think I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if One Tree Hill started on WB, but it definitely was on CW after the change happened. Fuck, are we that old that CW11's yeah. been around 25 years already? CW11, <laughs> yo, you don't remember? You don't remember when SmackDown was on my <laughs> network? Remember when oh, SmackDown was on my, my network? When they changed UPN to my network? Yeah, that's true. Damn. Dude, we old. We old, <laughs> yeah. old. Thanks for the Someone reminder. else who is old, old, because he's about, he's about to get married, married next weekend. He's joining us because he was live. At Bound for Glory, Chicago's own Stat King. Hey, you guys. Doing, King? what's going on? Look at this guy. He's got the nice haircut. He's already. He's all oh, fresh. He's ready. Ready. <laughs> ready to go. Man, I'm trying to get my beard like yours, dog. Word. Yeah, it's a 
Oh, oh look, 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 he's showing off. He's, he's showing off. He's showing off. He's got the same ball. He's breaker. Got the Dominican barber. Oh shit! All right, I see you. I see you. Uh, but yes, we we didn't even get into the show, so perfect timing. Oh, there we go. How are how are how are you doing? And how was your kind of initial reaction after? Uh, well, after a night of sleep after Battle for Glory, <laughs> I thought the show was really good. Uh, you know, there's something to be said for working smaller, more intimate venues. Uh, I think it helps a lot with crowd and the ability to because you can because if you have a crowd that's hot for the show they're going to sound as if it's a larger much larger arena so that's that's not really that big of an issue so i think that working a, a smaller venue allows you to control things a lot more and uh one thing that's cool is you know having been to wwe shows years ago and AEW shows a lot more recently um well, between matches they tend to, to have the lights dim so that they can have the crew doing whatever impact just leaves the lights on <laughs> and you just see an army <laughs> descending upon the ring particularly like after that monsters ball match which we're, which we'll get to but that was a it was a very i think what i thought it was a very well put together show for the the venue that they were running because when i know when colleen and i got there i was thinking to myself this this building looks looks tiny like it looks like it looks like one of the ones that uh that freelance runs like it's a very small but intimate uh, arena for what they're going for. Yeah, this this seems to be what they've been doing over like the last five years. Because when they were in like when they come to New York, I think they usually run like Melrose Barroom, and that's not a very big place. Yeah. That's more of like an intimate feel as well. Uh, we got Devin in the chat who says uh, the fact that TNA is back still blows my mind. I feel like this ha this was a good business decision. Impact has been on the high for the past two years, so it only makes sense to go for the highest of highs. Agreed, because anywhere they go, especially with them returning to the UK, like the UK people, all the like content creators or fans that I meet that are from the UK, they still recognize Impact Wrestling as TNA. They still call it yeah. TNA. They will say TNA Impact, sense. if anything. Yeah. They will never I say could, just Impact. I could just picture Alex McCarthy still calling it TNA. He's like, fucking TNA? I could just imagine right now. <laughs> That's who we recognize when I say UK people or British people, we say Alex McCarthy. Absolutely. The good brother. The good uh, brother, Alex. The good brother. So, Ben saying TNA Impact is back. We also got another Super Chat donation. Thank you so much, Eric. Eric E.B. Jones, the second, who says TNA is trying to be the ECW to WWE's WWF and AEW's WCW. Wise of Demore to reboot the company, trying to be a legit number three in the industry. I don't really feel like they're trying to be the ECW because I feel like GCW kind of has that niche on lock, and you can't, you 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 couldn't be that. And even when you know, in the time that they were in like a three promotion thing with WWE, ROH, and TNA, TNA was always trying to be WCW and ROH was more of ECW. I think TNA now is trying to be TNA and they're just viewing AEW as a bigger ROH and WWE is WWE. Yeah. I heard that they've already got uh, belt redesigns that they're going to be debuting yeah. in, in January. Nice. Looking forward to that. Nice. As a, yeah. as a big uh, belt mark. 
I mean, if I was them, I'd honestly bring back that TNA World Heavyweight Championship. That thing was beautiful. That's one like of that's the like best one world of the titles. Underrated belts with the there. with the seven with the seven. Oh, Even though they kind of technically retired it like two years ago with that whole storyline with like Moose and shit, where they unified yeah. it and Rich Swan, I think. Um, I'd much rather see that belt than a than a. I mean, unless the new design is fire, I want to see that that TNA belt come back. Watch them, watch back. them bring back the King of the Mountain Championship. Oh please. <laughs> please. Uh, the TNA World Championship is so much better than the current Impact World title. No yeah. offense the, yeah. to the current designers. Uh, Vicente uh, saying, uh, so is Impact again going to start using the TNA initials again, or am I reading too much into the video headline? No, it's it's legit. It, 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 it's happened. You're, yeah, it happened. It's, it, it happened. It's t- They are going to be known as TNA starting in January. Uh, I mean, if you if you want to rewind back, but we've been saying it for about 17 minutes now. That's the big thing we're talking about to start this this uh, podcast here. Uh, we also got Devin in the chat who says maybe Scott Steiner can come back to do a segment called Mr. Steiner's Math Class. If he does that, uh, Chris G will have his notebook and, and pen out, take notes. And fuck that. It's 2023. Back. It's 2023, bro. I'm getting the calculator out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Myron Kid say, remember when C- the CW was the Black Network UPN? No, CW was WB11, yeah. and and my network was UPN. Yeah, uh, UPN underpaid Negroes. Negroes. Yeah. Underpaid Negroes. <laughs> oh shit! They had all the black shows on it. We didn't realize. I didn't realize until I was like sixteen. I'm like, damn. No, I peep game. I peep game. Even when I was young, I was like, I was like, UPN, all these shows are black shows. I was like, you, you got Moesha, you got Homeboys in Outer Space. Then when that got canceled, you had one on one. I was like, yeah, this is the black, this is the black network. This is like this is the more high class BET. <laughs> Even Booker T was like the first one in the SmackDown intro. It was like, oh shit, they go hard. <laughs> so I said it was SmackDown. They named it after a catchphrase from a black superstar. Um, <laughs> Frantic World saying, uh, One Tree Hill started on the WB, but the change happened around season two, I think. So thank you, thank you. Uh, see, I, I knew, I knew it was on CW though. I knew that. Uh, Devin saying, uh, TNA should be on Fox Sports and bring back the Fox Box. <laughs> I want, I want Man, the FS1. Yeah, I want the FS1 with the time limits. With the time limits at the top, that that was great. When they did that for Impact 1000, I I popped. Uh, we also got here uh, Eric E. B. Jones with another super chat donation. Thank you so much, Eric. We appreciate that. He says, so basically, is it one WWE, two AEW, three TNA? Four GCW, five NWA, six uh, Wow, seven MLW. As far as North America is concerned, though, LOL. I would say honestly, even though they're not a North American company, I would say New Japan is above TNA. It's above all those other companies. I would say that they are right now have more of an equity that if they come, if if you put a New Japan show in a TNA show in the in Chicago last night. John uh, Stat King, you're from Chicago. Where would you go? And you can afford both shows, but you can only go to one. Well, okay. So here's is is the is Impact Show exactly what it was last night? It's New Japan and an Impact. It's well, not the reason. It's not, exact, reason, it's reason. not gonna be exactly what it was because it had a New Japan. That's why I was asking. That's why. That's why. <laughs> 
<laughs> so then in that case, I'm going to the New Japan show because Will's most likely at the New Japan show. <laughs> like, okay. I, in, in complete honesty, I did not have plans to go to Bound for Glory. And then uh, I think it was I saw, or I think it was Jaquan said, Osprey's booked for Bound for Glory. And I, I, told I remember. You. Don't give me my credit. I, I, forget, I forget who it was. Okay? <laughs> I just remember it was in a chat. And uh, Colleen and I are sitting here, and I just look over at her, and I'm like, Osprey's going to be at Bound for Glory. And it's here. And she just said, We have to go. And that's she actually was the deciding factor. <laughs> She's he's the only he's the only British uh, British wrestler that she likes. So awesome, awesome. What was her thoughts on his performance? Oh, she loved it. She and as somebody who uh, she did not she does not know a speedball uh, like from anybody like you put a hundred wrestlers up, she would not be able to pick him up out of the crowd, despite having seen him live at Warrior. Uh, <laughs> she she now knows who Speedball is, which really was the intended purpose of the match. So uh, kudos to, to Speedball for, for doing what he needs to do. But we will we will get to that. We'll get to that. Absolutely. Match. And we got one last super chat donation from Eric E. V. Jones the second before we get into the actual show. I pre we appreciate all the love. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Saying so going forward, WWE, AEW, and N and TNA are the new big three, and GCW and NWA basically running the indies, specifically with uh Corrigan resurrecting the territories. LOL. I, I I really feel like and New Japan is in that it's in that that mix with those three. So that's actually going to be really interesting uh, because with NWA getting that CW deal and being able to reach a lot of homes, I mean, from a from a business standpoint, I'd love to see the numbers on that because there's no way he can be charging a huge amount of money because uh, they're not that proven of a commodity, even if you look at their YouTube views. However, the money that they will be getting if they can upgrade the production value. And they can, because they were already using 4K cameras before SmackDown was. Uh, but if they can really upgrade the production value and he can use that money to actually bring in people not on handshake appearance deals, that's really going to help the NWA. Now, he has to get out of his own way for booking problems. But, I mean, that could be said about any booker, really, that, we, that we're, that we're going to compare. So in that, that sense, it's kind of a more level playing field. But really, one of the things that's been holding back NWA is nobody can really see them. They don't have people who are there on a permanent basis or even semi-permanent basis that much. And their production value, because nobody sees them, they're running the chase, which, I mean, I love the history of wrestling at the chase in, in St. Louis, but it's a hotel ballroom that you can't put padding down on. So people, if they are going to take bumps on the outside, are taking bumps onto concrete with carpet over it. So, well, we we will we'll see. But that's something I'm actually pretty interested in in, in finding out with the NWA. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this is all going to work out for them. But we got to wait and see with that. We got Big Man Dogs. One final comment saying, <sighs> also, isn't uh, MLW bigger than uh, GCW? I don't watch them, but they even have a TV deal. It's on Being Sports. So as much as a TV deal on being sports <laughs> is a TV deal, uh, unfortunately, MLW has years of kind of bad equity as far as like paying talent that I think that GCW has to be considered bigger, even though they've had similar issues, but they are the number one independent promotion while MLW is trying to be a major promotion and they're at best 
sixth or six or seventh in that mix of major promotions. GCW knows their niche and they're number one in that niche. So yeah. that's why they're bigger. I think I just wanted to touch up on uh, what, what Eric Jones was saying about the one, two, three, like the big three. I think if you look at it from a casual perspective, I think this might be right because although we're hard, we're hardcore fans, right? And we know what New Japan brings to the table. So of course we're going to put it in the big three. But as a casual, I feel like the TNA brand would come back to somebody's mind like, oh, I fucking remember that company. That's when, you know, Sting was 50 and he fucking showed up and Hulk Hogan was still booking and not really know about the product. When you mention a guy like Okada or Will Ospreay, they might be like, oh, what are the, what are the, one of the Japanese guys? I don't watch that shit. So I feel like in North America, to a casual, that top three might actually be correct. But then I see it from your side, SP3, where New Japan definitely does deserve to be in that third spot. Because they, I feel like they're boosting up AEW and TNA. So you got to put them in like, 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 when you really think about it, yeah, like when you really think about it, I wouldn't put them second. They definitely AEW. Well, arguably only because of the way they exchange talent and shit. And I think quality wise, you could, you could put them in the top two, but I I think as far as like what we're saying, as far as like the big promotions, WWE is number one, AEW is number two. I don't think much is going to change that. But three, I would put in New Japan. But I think this change for TNA does give them the opportunity to up usurp New Japan in that. Race. At least fight. At least fight for the third spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we shall talk more about this as we talk more about the show. But before we get into the actual main card, uh, I, I did want to mention. What the hell? You guys got to see uh, the MK Ultra versus Tasha Steele's Indiana Peralta match, but we didn't. They Don't worry, I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't oh, either. Didn't make we, it got, in time? we got there literally like at seven o'clock as the show was starting. We got there right after the intro video, so so we didn't. We, I didn't see it either, which, which was upset. Ah, damn. Well, we also you must have also missed uh, that Hall of Fame uh, yes. inductions yeah. as they had uh, Tracy Brooks. She was inducted by Gail Kim, who had a nice little interview talking about starting wrestling and going to wrestling school and how it was just them two as the girls. And then Beth Phoenix came and how they uh, they were riding on the road together. And then uh, Tracy Brooks came out. She had a great speech talking about all the great people that she's been able to work with, like the beautiful people. ODB, Gail Kim, Mickey James, SoCal Val. So she had a very good speech. She's the third ever woman to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was pretty straightforward, but still emotional. Uh, any thoughts that you were you able to see the induction speech, uh, Christy? Yeah, I actually I enjoyed it. Um, I like how you know she basically put over the, the rest of the women's locker room and the people she traveled with, you know. So it uh it really kind of speaks to what we've always known about impact is that the women's division has always like held it down and they've always been close. So it's cool to see how tight-knit they were as a group training and then kind of coming up in the business together. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and Big Man Dogs, you make a great point in the chat saying, uh, I think NJPW is bigger than TNA because they collab with AEW regularly. Yeah, that helps. That helps. When you're on the, the second biggest brand, then it helps to be uh, – on that brand and you would be number three tna they also, i feel like they also collab with tna regularly though yeah yeah like we've we've been seeing a lot of uh new japan talent and tna for the last year at least but i think yuya but, you know other guys 
But I think the point he's trying to make is that the NJPW being on AEW helps NJPW in that race to be that number three brand. NJPW being on TNA, it's helping TNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. I understand. I understand. Context is everything, kids. Context is everything. Uh, then we had the second induction speech, which was Mike Tanay and Don West. I can't front. I got to be honest. I got emotional during this one, just seeing all the whole highlights of those two. And then uh, Scott Demore telling his story about how he met uh, Don West and, you know, his passing and telling a couple of great uh, stories about how he accidentally auctioned off a Team Canada jacket prior to 2017's uh, Slammiversary that was actually uh, Demore's, but he's such a great salesman that he just kept going. Then you had Tanay come out, who's so humble that he, he's getting inducted, but he pretty much made the majority of this speech about Don West and how Don West was a true friend, all that he accomplished, how kind of like people, and I remember this too, when he when he was like going in TNA, when he first started off, there was people that were like just against him and be like, he's not prepared, he's not a, a regular commentator, but his overwhelming fan enthusiasm just uh, overwhelmed everybody and they could tell that he was genuine after that and they, uh, you know, were fans of him after that. I thought this was a great Great speech up there with all the great WWE Hall of Fame speeches. He brought up like Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, Dick Breyer, people that brought him into how he how he learned Lucha Libre from uh, Conan. I thought Mike today was tremendous here. What did you think, Christy? Yeah, I mean, I almost shed a thugs here too. It was, it was pretty cool, you know, because obviously, you know, Don West isn't here with us anymore. So it was cool to just hear him kind of, you know, tell the stories and give the background on how Don West like started and got into the company and like into the industry and just how deep Don West's love for wrestling went that nobody, I don't think a lot of people didn't really understood. Like this man was like <laughs> born and bred like Chicago, you know what I mean? Like he was, he was watching all these indies and all these small promotions, like growing up and shit. And, you know, he was a super fan and, and it definitely, came out through the screen and in, in his commentary, even though you didn't you'd see you didn't see it all the time. You definitely heard it though. Uh, I always liked Don West on commentary. So it was it was cool for Mike Tanay just kind kind of pay homage to his partner. You know, basically saying I wouldn't be here if it's if it wasn't for him. We're going in as a duo and you know kind of passing the torch to uh Tom and Matthew at the end was kind of cool too. Yeah, I thought that was a, a nice touch as well. And Don West is really like he's like the pioneer for like Pat McAfee. I don't think if, if there was never Don West, we would have never got Pat, Maffe, Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee because that's basically that was basically the WWE equivalent of what Don West was. Uh, but we got a couple of comments here in the chat. We got Frantic World who says, uh, rest in peace to Don West. And NJPW is helping uh, AEW and TNA. Uh, look who is going to be on Dynamite this Wednesday. Yes, Okada will be on Dynamite this Wednesday. Uh, we got uh, Devin who says uh, maybe TNA can strike back by crossing over with WWE. <laughs> if they want to live, they no TNA wants to live, Devin. <laughs> I mean, if they're if they're consenting to every single one of their champions getting destroyed at the same time in a handicap match against Roman Reigns, then yes, they can cross over with WWE. <laughs> You know, there's a great there's a great lineage of promotions that have worked with WWE, like Evolve, ECW. What happened to all those brands? 
buried six feet deep. Progress Progress went from the number one UK promotion to they can't even get like 200 people in the building sometimes. Like, come on, man. Don't be, let's be serious here. We can't believe he said crossover with WWE. Uh, anyway, the show kicked off. The main card kicked off with the X Division Championship up for grabs as Chris Saban defended against Kenta. Chris Saban, the 10-time champion, Kenta, coming over here from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this was their first ever singles matchup between one another. And, okay, so I've not been the biggest Kenta fan. I've been, uh, I've been accused of being a Kenta hater, but this was fine. Kenta was fine here, but Chris Saban was very good. So turned out being a good matchup here as Kenta, you know, played to the crowd, got got some heat while Saban would keep coming back, making comebacks. In the end, he would hit the uh, clothesline from Hell, Michigan, followed by the cradle shock for the one, two, three to successfully retain the X Division championship. I thought this was a good start to the show, a good matchup between these two. Three, I would give it three and a quarter stars. What or three and a half stars? I'll be fair to Kenta. I think that my Kenta, my Kenta uh, bias against him was saying three and a quarter, but I'll give him three and a half. I'm gonna be fair. Stacking, what did you think about this match? I think for an opener, it worked. It worked pretty well. There were a few uh, kind of miscues between the guys, like a, a little bit here and there, but I think they also made it work for them for what they were what they were able to pull off. Like uh, th- there was. The one that that definitely sticks out in my mind is when uh, Kenta was trying to do that, uh, the trying to hit the top rope, the hanging DDT, the Orton DDT. Uh, they they botched it the first time, and then the second time they sort of botched it, but uh, they were able to they were able to get out of it. Um, but overall, I thought this was good for for what they were trying to like, just get the crowd going, get that opening match. You know, Vince has always said the the, the opening match is the second most important. So I think they 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 accomplished the goal there. I'd go three and a half as well. I could, I could, I could probably go like maybe closer to three, like three and a quarter, but three and a half works. <laughs> Chris G, what did you think? Yeah, when when Kenta has his working boots on, when he has his, <laughs> and if he has his working boots <laughs> if, on, if it's better. <laughs> well, he had him, he had him on because I thought this was a great opener. Um, a, a few miscues, but it was a good sprint for what it was. I enjoyed the match. I, I give it three and a half stars as well. Um, I like, I like Kenta. I don't know. I, I like his character work, so I, I can make up for when he's lazy in the ring, but I think he's he was on his game today. I, I definitely enjoyed him teasing the GCS multiple times. And then flipping <laughs> off the fans when he yeah. was going to do the... That was great. That was great. Kenta's a great heel. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Uh, and then we got Safet in the chat saying the true GTS King. And we also got Byron Kidd uh, backing up what I was saying earlier, saying WWE basically colonized the British wrestling market. ICW and Progress are now on life support. And then they cut their ass from WWE Network after that. Vince McMahon took 230 years of and revenged it on them. It's like, how do you like being colonized, pal? How do you like it? I, I still will never forget the, uh, the the Pete Dunn tweet back when when all of them started coming over, and he's like, "British wrestling is going to be fine. Like it's going to be fine." It's like, no, it's not. I mean, you can say that because I understand who's writing your paychecks and signing them, but like, it's not going to be. Not going to be. It's all right now, but it's not going to be. 
Next, we had Monsters Ball, PCO versus Steve Macklin versus Moose versus Rhino. All four men are locked into a room without food, sunlight, uh, water, all that stuff. They're squinting when the doors are open. Their malnourishment uh, going into a fight is no way to go, but here they go. Uh, it was a straight-up brawl right from the beginning. You had Macklin attacking Rhino from behind, then Moose comes out. He starts brawling with Macklin. Then you had PCO come out. I love Moose was here in plaid pajama pants with red sneakers. Great attire choice. Uh, at one point, we get a big uh, backdrop on PCO where he goes over the top rope into a, a ladder for a gnarly looking spot. It just looked, uh, ow. The, the ladder just looked like it was misconstrued. Uh, we get a D animator on Macklin on the uh, apron. And then we get cinder blocks with goddamn uh, thumbtacks on them. And he and freaking PCO is powerbombed into them. He's got thumbtacks hanging out of his damn back of his skull. In the end, uh, it looks like Macklin is about to destroy Rhino's surgically repaired knee with a steel chair. He's going to the top rope, but Bully Ray comes down and pushes Macklin off the top rope into a barbed wire table. Rhino comes in. He gives a big spear to Moose, but Moose has a chair in his hand, so both men are down, and PCO comes off the top rope with the reanimator for the one, two, three. This was a wild, entertaining matchup. I gave it three and a half stars, but I can understand anyone who thought this was just garbage wrestling and hated it. So you're going to either think one or the other because this was this was wild. But I like I like the, the certain moments uh, furthering the whole Bully Ray Macklin story. I like PCO getting the win because it was very much a surprise because we all know it's been very publicly reported. He is on the way out of the company. So maybe this win is a way to tell him, hey, you could resign. We got a push for you. Chris D, what did you think about the Monsters Ball? Oh, pure fucking chaos. And I loved it. Three and a half stars. Uh, I, you know, usually sometimes these matches, they they like they stagnate a little bit um, in certain spots in a match. But with four guys in this one, I feel like it flowed pretty well. Like there was always like the next spot, the next spot, the next spot. Even like the one-on-one -on -one interactions, it was like another spot. So I really enjoyed it. What what the fuck was Moose wearing? It was like my first thought when I seen him come out. My man came straight from golfing and decided to have a month. Like he went straight no, from golfing. No, he wanted to be comfy. He was there all night. He wanted to be comfy. He's wearing pajama pants. <laughs> they snatched him up while he was golfing. And put him in the room for 24 hours, and then he couldn't change. So then he had a fight in his golf in his golf clothes. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, but I really enjoyed the match. PCO winning was a surprise because I thought he was on his way out. Um, I guess you know that remains to be seen. He's like, oh TNA, huh? Maybe 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 I'm gonna have to sign that contract. Maybe I'll have to stay another year. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to see what's what's held in the future for PCO. But I really enjoyed the match. Three and a half so stacking yeah this was a this was a pretty fun one i agree with chris about how it, it definitely flowed very well it could have easily stagnated because i mean just in general when you have hardcore matches people are taking nasty ass hits and they got to recover so luckily because they had the number of competitors that they had they were able to quickly move between people a part of me wanted i mean i did want maplin to win uh so um, i was also surprised by the pco win uh but I, I I love the the pajama bottoms. So much. <laughs> it's just like pajama bottoms, Jordans. It's like I don't I don't know what's going on there. 
but just a great choice. Just yeah, a, yeah, it was it was really funny because when when um when they got when I forget who I think it was PCO introduced the, the table with the barbed wire. Uh, somebody next to me is asking, "Who's going to go through that? Is it going to be PC? But PCO's got to go through that. I'm like, PCO's not going to go through it, but it could be Macklin because Macklin has already done really dumb shit with PCO past. <laughs> Cinder blocks have been involved. Staple guns have been involved. Baking sheets. You never know what's going to happen. And sure enough, it's it's him. But I got to say, it was really funny to see because uh, you know we're watching it live. Like bullies running out, and he had to go around the entire wow. ring. Yes. I'm, up, I'm watching this and I go, this may be the fastest I've ever seen Bully Ray move in, in years. Like, what is he doing? What's going on here? Like, well, because like I'm not, ex I'm expecting him to get involved, but as soon as he comes out, but I'm not expecting him to run all the way around, stand there, and lightly push and off the top rope. Uh, but it was, was like it was like you did all that running to do that, just that. that? <laughs> Yeah, now now this, you know, this is actually one of the drawbacks of having such an intimate venue is because they can't have they didn't have space to have like a Titan Tron or, or any kind of thing like that up. So if anything was happening on the outside of the ring and you were on the opposing side, you just were not able to see it. So the the, the tack spot and that all that section that happened on that side, like we because we were we were facing hard camp, we could not see it. Uh, so like in that sense, it's, it makes it a little bit harder. So I got to ding the match a little bit because of that, but overall it was really fun. And, uh, PCO, <laughs> PCO instantly vaulted himself into Colleen's top 10 favorite wrestlers because of the ridiculousness of what was going on. And the fact that she's just watching this guy take ridiculous chair shot after ridiculous chair shot. And the nurse in her is just like, why is he still able to get up? This does not make sense. So he just keeps going. He's, he just keeps and going. I said, he's, he's an undead monster. Like, what do you, what more do you want? Uh, yeah. So uh, because just uh, for, for the sake of not being able to see everything, and that's more of a venue issue than than the match issue. But if you know that, try to plan around it a little bit better. I'll drop this one down to three stars, but other than that, this was a really fun one. That's fair. That's fair. Vicente saying, uh, push Steve Macklin onto a barbed wire table. Safe to say, Bully Ray and him are uneasy friends here on out. I would say they're not friends anymore. <laughs> I would say they're not. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely not on Facebook. I don't know. And uh, definitely not on real. See, and then I expected, I expected because of that, you know, Macklin to come out later in the evening, but he, he did not. No, no, I, I knew he would be recovering from that spot. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to come out after that. That's a that's a former Marine. Come on. <laughs> no, no you're, yeah, you Marines. They be in the trainer's room and the doctor and the nurses <laughs> for a little bit after war. Yes, it's there for a little bit. Uh, next up, third match on the card. You had the Impact World Tag Team Championships up for grabs as the Rascals defended against the AVC, Chris Bay, and Ace Austin. If you know these four guys, you know the type of matchup this was. This was nonstop action. They got less than 10 minutes, and they packed like a 15-minute match in the less than 10 minutes. Uh, it's just right from the beginning. It was like uh, ABC goes on like the offense that the babyface go on, but it only lasts for like a minute. They're cut off by the Rascals. Their comeback starts like five minutes into the matchup. All four guys are showing out. They've got like athleticism, you know, a whole bunch of agility and dives to the outside. In the end, Wentz accidentally sprays Miguel in the face with the, with the green spray paint. It finally backfires. And then they take out uh, take out 
Trey Miguel, and then they give Wentz the art of the finesse into the fold that one, two, sweet, as Chris Bay and Ace Austin, ABC, become two-time Impact World Tag Team Champions. I thought this was a really, really fun matchup. I would give it three and three-quarter stars. I, I really want to give it four stars, but it was just, it needed like five more minutes to be like a fully fleshed out great matchup. But this was really fun for the time that he got. What did you think, Stacking? So this one, uh, it's part, to me, it's part of one of the drawbacks sometimes of having two teams that are so similar on paper in, in moveset and style is because in order to really get the match going, you have to go at that fast pace, but then you can burn out very easily and you can, you have to have a shorter match sometimes. And, you know, to your point, this one was one that moved so quickly that you were left wanting more. And that's why sometimes having that mashup of styles of of, uh, of, of a big man team or at least one person on the team being a larger uh, larger wrestler, they can slow the match down, give it a little bit more time to breathe. But I think for what this match was designed to do, like what it brought to the table, they they really did a great job with this one. I, I'd give this one three and a quarter, close to four, just because of that breakneck speed and just the the sheer, you know, almost take your breath away speed and moments that they were able to produce. And it Chris Chris Bay is is just a highlight reel sometimes. Like just an absolute highlight rule reel. And uh you know the rascals are 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 incredible to me. And Ace Austin, I'm not the biggest Ace Austin fan. But he keeps up with like when you sometimes when you're put in those situations, as we're going to get to, you have to keep up with the person across the ring from you. And I think he did a really great job of that. Yeah, when I was first introduced to the Rascals as like this babyface underdog, babyface team and trio, they were just so awesome as babyfaces. But I have to say they're even better as heels. I feel like they are just, they really have come into their own as characters in wrestling as heels together. Uh, Chris G, what did you think about the tag team title match? They just feel more like heels now. Like they just feel better as a team, as like a brand, the Rascals as a heel team. Um, so I agree with that. I personally love the match. I, I enjoy the Young Buck. FTR bangers, you know, 25 minutes, tell a story, slow build, go crazy at the end. But I could just as much enjoy a nine-minute sprint of a bunch of flippy athletic shit. It's amazing. I love it. I love both teams. Um, everybody knows how I feel about the Rascals and ABC, of course. I've always been an Ace Austin and Chris Bay guy as well. So it's happy to see these four. I'm happy to see these four guys in a ring again, um, you know, doing what they do best. And three and three quarters of stars is what I gave it to. Five more minutes could have been a four-star match, like you said. It's just the right team won, in my opinion. I think everything went exactly according to plan. Like, you couldn't have asked for a better match and a better scenario for – and a better finish, you know, fucking even with when spraying uh, Trey in the face and kind of having that miscue. It's just like everything just kind of went perfectly for that match. Um, it could have used more time. That's the only yeah. down down on it is just it could have used more time. But other than that, I thought it was great. Three and three quarters. Literally the only nitpick that I wanted more. There should have been more. <laughs> Next, you had the matchup that a lot of us were looking forward to. Like Stat King said, it was the match that got him to buy a ticket 
Will Ospreay going one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. This match was originally scheduled for the inaugural Impact NJPW Multiverse United pay-per-view back in Los Angeles earlier this year, but Ospreay had to pull out with a shoulder injury, and they went into this match 3-1, but all every single bout before that, before this one, was in the UK IWGP United States United Kingdom Championship wasn't up for grabs, but all those pleasantries out the way. This from the very start had the big match feel. You had people chanting "Holy shit!" before the before they even locked up, before they even touched each other, and it didn't take long before these guys were going like a, a thousand miles per hour. It was just going back and forth. Eventually, the pace would slow down with Osprey kind of controlling things, using his size advantage to like overpower Speedball. But Speedball was able to avoid a dive. He jumped on the top rope and nailed Osprey with a twisting leap uh, that just took it into the like the second gear these guys continued we get some ridiculous sequence the problem my favorite sequence is the strike exchange where this first osprey do like uh do like matrix out of a super kick then he catches uh the speedball with the super kick he catches him with another one he goes for a third speedball spin kicks out of the super kick hits a super kick of his own uh, uh osprey he goes for another one osprey blocks that hits a hook kick Speedball comes back with a super kick of his own. They slap each other. They high kick each other. Speedball does an insecurity into Osprey doing the hidden blade. And I was like, that's going to go viral tomorrow. It's going to be viral by tomorrow. It was just fucking amazing how these two were going at it. Speedball looked like he was on the verge of victory as he hits uh, Ultimo Weapon. Uh, he gets a near fall for that one. He had the crowd on their feet at that point. He uh, blocks a uh, super Oscar with the knees to the back. He kicked out of an Oscutter earlier in the matchup. He takes Osprey to the top rope and hits a brand new fucking move. The Meteor Rain, a flipping Fisherman's Buster off the top rope. I was like, yo, they're doing new shit in this matchup. What? This is fucking unreal. Osprey responds by pulling out a fucking Styles Clash for a near fall. He looks like he's going for the Stormbreaker, but Os but Speedball's trying to block it, so he pulls out Storm Driver 93, and Speedball's able to kick out somehow, some way. We get a hidden blade to the face out of nowhere at one point. Finally, he hits another hidden blade, finishes him off with the Stormbreaker. This match going nearly 18 minutes, and my lord. We just witnessed the best Impact TNA matchup since probably Unbreakable 2005. This lived up to all the hype. Five fucking stars, and I have not given Impact Wrestling a five-star matchup in a decade. In a decade. I think my nephew, my nephew was like two years old when the last time I gave Impact Wrestling a five-star matchup. And that young man is in college, ladies and gentlemen. He is 20 now. Like, what? This was insane. An unbelievable matchup. Two of the best wrestlers in the world showing why. Will Ospreay, his 2023, is one of the most otherworldly wrestling years that anyone's ever had. It's up there with Ric Flair in 1989. Triple H in 2000, Austin in 2001, Masawa, uh, some of the 90 years that he had, Okada in 2017, Omega in 2018, 
Osprey in 2023. It's just amazing what he's done. But Speedball Mike Bailey, he made a statement here that Impact Wrestling got to stop fucking around with this boy. This boy is special, and he should be an Impact World Champion in the future. Stat King, you were there live. Tell me how that, that match was for you. This one was absolutely incredible. This was uh, the best for two tickets, $60 that I've spent in my life. Uh, yeah, easily. Um, so this this started out really fast, really fast-paced, balls to the wall, just going at it. And you could tell that it wasn't – because there wasn't, uh, you know, there, there, there wasn't like a crazy story behind this one in the sense that neither of these guys like hated each other or anything like that. It was just – who is better? And sometimes when you have matches like that, they don't always deliver. But in this sense, it absolutely, in this case, it absolutely did. This one had everything that the, the it, it had the fun little comedy spot of the, of, of the kicks going back and forth, the faint outs. It was, it was just incredible to watch because you could see the crowd not you know obviously everybody knows osprey's name everybody's behind osprey as a person as a, as a as a wrestler but there was such a good representation of speedball fans that was really great to see like the chants were pretty neck and neck for for both of these guys throughout the course of this match and for people who may not have been crazy speedball fans maybe they were brought closer to being speedball fans which is always a good thing that's what you're trying to do so i think that everybody everybody got over in this match and that's something you always want to see this was really really fun to see and a part of me was thinking like this could be something that they could have gone to a time limit if they wanted to uh, to to get another match out of this particularly for impact because to your point the previous encounters have been in the uk so why not try to try to draw what you can even more out of this but overall this was just a treat to watch and i the uh the 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 what was it it was a was it a, i forget if it was a moonsault first or or just a, a jump flip off but into that meteora to 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 um osprey that was just absolutely incredible to watch and then of course that that jumping fisherman suplex buster that flipping flipping yeah flipping i was like dude what are you doing i was like i was like what is well because 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 i think it's like you guys i was like oh shit what well you could because you guys couldn't see this at home but like the ceiling was not that high like when when osprey threw the the elbow pad for for when he's doing a bare bone hidden blade it hit the 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 ceiling and came back down so like when they're getting ready to do that, a part of me is like, they know the ceiling. Like it, they could easily like somebody's head could be brushing the ceiling, if, depending on how high they have to jump. And you have to jump high if you're gonna try to pull something. I'm like, and then also I'm looking. I'm like, okay, so just like a, a superplex, but a fisherman's buster. Okay, okay, I can see how this could work. They don't have to jump. Then he jumps, and I'm like, but it's a fisherman's. What's he gonna? Oh, he's flipping. That's not supposed to the ceiling. Oh, they cleared the ceiling. Nobody died. Please, just nobody, nobody died going forward doing this. Uh, so yeah, it was it was absolutely awesome to watch. I'll give this one five stars as well. And this was it. Just this was also the moment where you see the trade off of intimate, of intimate smaller venue versus larger venue because it created an atmosphere because everybody was there for this match, especially for this match that it was so loud that it felt like a larger arena, but at the same time, 
this was a match that deserved a larger arena so that there would just be more people and more noise and be able to generate more uh just a larger response than it's already going to get so i'll give this one five stars as well for me we got myron kid who says i'm pretty sure uncle dave is going to at least give this five stars uh i i think at least he gives it four and three quarters he might be prejudiced to impact wrestling and he might not go five stars like me that's why you should follow me at true hill sp3 because i have the more accurate star ratings but <laughs> christy what did you think about speedball versus osprey here if you thought well obviously we follow will osprey right probably the best in the world right now if you follow mike bailey and what he's been doing in impact for the last like year and a half i want to say he's been around this man just puts banger after banger after banger like this man is a banger machine so when you add him and will osprey what do you think you're gonna get you're gonna get a fucking amazing match i'll tell you two everything in the match was amazing i'll give you two spots that really made me cringe though was the cutter on the apron where i was like mm. oh that fucking looked nasty and whatever driver he hit mike bailey with where he dropped him on his fucking neck yeah <laughs> the storm two, driver storm yeah yeah those two spots right there i was it, it made me cringe. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. As much as I want to give this match five stars because I think it deserves it, I do think a five-star match, you know, in sense, in the sense of it being a perfect match, needs a little bit more of a backstory. I feel like an actual backstory and maybe like five more to seven more minutes getting into that 23 to 25-minute range where they can tell that extra story, you know, in, the, in that time or, you know, use that allotted time to kind of stretch out the match. I think five, five and a half stars, you know, but I'm going to say four and three quarters just because my gut is telling me to. As much as I want to give it five stars, my gut's telling me four. Don't, and don't let that Uncle Dave gut get to you, sir. It's the best example that I have for matches like Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey, where you don't need a lot of the backstory heading in. Always, I think of Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi in Ring of Honor. That was a dream match. That was just the top guy from Ring of Honor was versing a Japanese legend, and they went out there and it gave the fans exactly the match they wanted to have. They wanted to see 18 minutes of them chopping and beating the crap out of each other, and that was exactly what they wanted. And this right here was Will Ospreay, the top guy from New Japan Pro Wrestling, coming into Impact Wrestling and versing one of their best workers, Speedball Mike Bailey. And this was exactly the match that we 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 wanted here. And this was exactly the match that it should have been. So that's why I think it's a perfect match. And that's why I give it five stars. Uh, we got in the chat here a bunch of people saying they went uh five stars for this one uh we got john jay who says impact match of the year he's calling this but he says might not crack osprey's top five of the year which is crazy and for me it doesn't <laughs> i'd say both omega matches the um zsh match that just passed and uh the naito naito g1 semifinal matchup those no, I'd say yeah, so it would make top five. It's top, it's number five for me for Osprey's year. I think that I think that I would take this match slightly over the Suji, the Yoda Suji matchup. Okay, no, it's actually number six because the Marafuji, <laughs> the Marafuji matchup <laughs> with Osprey and Noah. That's that's probably my second favorite Noah match of the year, and that would probably be number five. So 
Sorry. Sorry. He just he just can't be allowed to work this many times. That's part of the problem. This man's year is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, we got to keep him on like a monthly basis. You could only wrestle once a month. <laughs> Seriously, man, leave some leave some match of the year room for everybody else, please. Um, next up, we had the Call Your Shot Gauntlet, which I thought was great match placement. I think that you needed a match like this to, uh, as a cool down afterwards, and you can get into the matchup when you recover from the last matchup. So I thought this was excellent match placement. So you had uh, first out was Jake something along with Eddie Edwards. Then you had uh, Kylan King come out. Uh, you had a bunch of a bunch of surprise appearances like Hoover to Guerrera, which popped me, uh, me be it a WCW mark. You also had the return of Johnny Swinger. Crazy Steve comes out and attacks uh, Swinger uh, because he's a former WCW ECW talent and he's in a feud with Tommy Dreamer. Giselle Shaw comes out. Then at uh, then Tommy Dreamer comes out to brawl with Crazy Steve. We get Jody Threat come out and Kylan King, and then the debuting Sunny Kiss from AEW. Now he is in, in she is in Impact Wrestling. So love the appearance by Sunny Kiss. I popped for that and got a great reaction from the crowd. Uh, you also had the return of Matt Cardona during this matchup who aligned himself with Brian Myers and really took over a small section of this matchup. But it came down to uh, Kylan King, uh, Kylan King, Bully Ray, Jordan Grace, and one other person, I forget. But it comes down to Jordan Grace and Bully Ray as the final two. And this, this one matchup has kind of been building ever since, like, February, where we've had different tag team matches and different interactions between Jordan Grace and Bully Ray. Bully Ray tried to overpower Jordan Grace, but Jordan Grace would come at him with some hard strikes, spinning back fists, and then finally the juggernaut driver to put Bully Ray away and to win the Call Your Shot gauntlet. And she didn't waste any time letting people know when she's going to call her shot as Jordan Grace gets on the mic and says that she's calling her shot for the Knockouts World Championship at Hard to Kill. I thought this was a fun call your shot gauntlet. I, it had a couple of surprises, whether it be uh, debuts or returns. I gave it three stars. I like Jordan. I called Jordan Grace getting the win because she made the most sense. Only thing I don't agree with is her already announcing that she's going for the Knockouts World Championship yeah. because the whole reason you have Jordan Grace win the Call Your Shot Gauntlet is because she could pretty much call her shot on any title, including the world title. But what did you think, Stacking? Uh, selfishly, I wanted this to come down to husband versus wife. Uh, just because I thought that'd be hilarious, um, but no, this was a this was good for for a cool down match, and it kept the crowd kept the crowd going, uh, especially because you know like when you have cool down matches, you want to be able to bring them down, but also have that you know they're going to come down, but you also want to start building back up the energy, and a match like this is perfect because you have those surprise appearances, and when you have people like Hoovy, you have people like Sunny Kiss show up. That's going to get that that uh, motivation back for the match and get the crowd's energy back up. Uh, the right person won for this one. Um, I did like the, the 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 final four that it came down to, uh, just because I am a little bit of a Kylan King fan, except for that one time after Warrior where she was like, "We're going to charge you guys for an interview," and I was like, "I don't know if you really are that you know the dollar amount that you're asking." 
Um, but, uh, but I mean, but then she signed with Impact right shortly thereafter, so maybe she knew something clearly. That yeah, I she, she, she so. knew something. <laughs> I was like, at the time, I was like, well, you're just on NWA and, and AEW Dark, so I don't know, but all right. And then two weeks later, it's like, Kylan King signed to Impact Wrestling. I'm like, oh, that's why. There it is. Okay. She knew. Uh, she knew. She knew where she was going. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was also funny because if, if, uh, you're one of the, at the time, 25 viewers of the NWA, like myself, you would know that, uh, Bully Ray trained Tyler King. So that, oh. that actually is a, is an interesting, uh, wrinkle to it. So when they're in the ring, it feels a little bit more comfortable for the two of them. And that kind of shows. So that was, uh, that was, that was good. I did one thing that I was, uh, the, which is why they did. They had, if you notice, they had like almost zero interaction between the men and the women until Bully punched Kylan, because like he, like he trained, like they, she knows like what to do and all that kind of stuff. It's just easier to to be able to work with. But what I did like was outside of Bully being an asshole to women, there was very little men and women interacting, which then highlighted when Jordan is up against Bully. So even within the the match because you you know even when you have matches like this when you have rumble matches or whatever the case may be uh like casino battle royales you it's it's still imperative to tell a story within the match and i think they did a good job with that of having bully being one of the few people few on the men's side to really interact with the women so i think that was a, a job well done there uh well done there and uh jordan picking up the win right person I agree with you. I don't know if she should have called the shot immediately. <laughs> but I guess you could create some kind of story coming out of it where uh, Bully is uh, egging her on or whatever the case may be. And uh, she she that creates a little bit of doubt. Or, you know, once you've called your shot, you can't uh, renege and, and try to cash it in elsewhere. But we'll, be, we'll see about that. But uh, I'm glad that Jordan won. She is definitely due. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her in that at that Hard to Kill show. Yes, we shall see how that's going to turn out. And we will know who she's going to face next. But, Chris G, what did you think about the Call Your Shot Gop? Uh I mean, I enjoyed it. I gave it three and a quarter stars. I thought it flowed good until um, the entrance kind of stopped coming in. Uh, once the last entrance came in, then it kind of slowed down a little bit. But Hoovy Juice, one of my favorite cruiserweights ever, man. I, it was good to see his old ass in the ring. Uh, Sunny Kiss was a was a pleasant surprise. I, I think she fits like well in Impact. That's like, you know, Impact created their niche where they kind of welcome everybody. So she feels like she'll be more of an established character in impact wrestling so i'm excited to see what kind of opportunity she gets not the biggest fan but it looks like she's been working on her in-ring work a little bit she's moving a little better she looks very athletic as shit so i'm gonna i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and i'm looking forward to what she's gonna do in impact always good to see scumbag matt cardona and uh and the major players reunite because they just they uh they're just there's two scumbags man they just built for each other made for each other and they always got good shit it was fun seeing Jonathan Gresham, John, uh, Jordan Grace interactions. Like you're like smacking her ass yeah. with a towel, and she's it's like that fucking yeah. She's like that annoyed wife. Like, listen, motherfucker, this is business. Like, stop playing around. <laughs> I, I thought I, it was cool. I, as, as soon as he did that, that's when I went, "Oh, please let the finals be them too, just because it's hilarious." <laughs> Which no, I, I knew cool. once they were doing it too early. I was like, it's gonna come down to somebody else. <laughs> I had I had the the thought. I was like, damn, maybe this is this will come down to the finals, but it didn't. Uh, I thought Jake something looked impressive, though. 
Jake always looks like, you know, he's like on the cusp of like hitting that next level. And then for some reason, you know, I don't know, they, they just don't. But um, hopefully now he's like starting to get like a little push and impact and he'll, he'll hit that next level in impact wrestling. And another first for Jordan Grace, you know, first woman to win the corner shot gauntlet. Uh, the final four, her, Kylan King, Bully Ray, and Matt Cardona was, you know, it was a good final four. Uh, I like the little interaction where her and Bully, Bully's so, he's so good at being a piece of shit and, you know, giving you, getting that sympathy for the baby face. So Jordan Grace, definitely the right winner. And I don't mind her calling her shot because I feel like with the reestablishing of the TNA brand, they kind of like want to get all the shenanigans out the way and start the new year fresh. That's so I, with, with like new storylines and like yeah. introducing the, the, the revamp titles and stuff. So I could kind of see why, because she's not the only one calling her shot, you know, basically uh, on this, in, in this pay-per-view. So I think it makes sense. I understand why people are kind of, you know, iffy about it, but I think it makes sense. Shall see. We shall see how that all works out. But we would find out who Jordan Grace will face at Hard Take Hill next as the Impact Knockouts World Championship was up for grabs. Trinity making uh making another our second defense of the champ or third defense of the championship excuse me against mickey james mickey jace of course being the champion who never lost her title earlier this year after suffering multiple injuries and these two women it was a babyface versus babyface matchup they had interesting uh sequence exchange that woke woke up the crowd uh the the, the point of the matchup that really woke up the crowd was when trinity did her signature uh ass rub in the face and Mickey James <laughs> responded with, with a lewd gesture to say the least uh, akin to her Wrestlemania 22 response after grabbing Trish Stratus's crotch. Uh, very entertaining uh, matchup. We get a couple of great near falls by Trinity after she hits a bully bomb and then uh, rolls her up into a couple of near falls. Mickey James would get close with a tornado DDT for a near fall after a mid kick. Uh, but Trinity eventually would roll up uh, Mickey James into a sunset flip and then transition that into Starstruck. Mickey was able to reverse into a pinfall for a two count, but then Trinity basically reapplied the maneuver with the, her legs over the neck of Mickey as she tapped out to give Trinity the win to retain the Impact Knockouts World Championship. I thought this was another really good matchup from Trinity, uh, the knockouts division, like one of the best book divisions in women's wrestling around the world. And Trinity has been a great champion for them, a great face of the knockouts division. And I thought this was a nice little competitive matchup. Not always the smoothest at times, but that just comes with like the territory. I think Mickey James is able to make that part of like her style. It seems like at this point where it's a little bit sloppy, but it comes off of, like a realistic fight a believable fight in that regard so i enjoyed this one i gave it three and a half stars stag king what did you think uh i gave this one yeah i go i go three and a quarter on this one so first it was really funny because you know just like i was saying earlier with the the, the production aspect of them not dimming the lights or anything they like legitimately just had reps and security people and all that kind of stuff running around on on the floor just with buckets of glow sticks and just chucking them into the crowd. Just, I mean, just like it was a sports game and they're doing the t-shirt toss and all that yeah. stuff, just straight chucking them. And the best part was like some people aren't paying attention because they're having conversations or whatever. People getting hit in the face with glow sticks. I was like, this is hilarious. Um, and 
so and then, and then later in the match when uh she does the does the spot and Mickey's doing the 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 gesture from uh, from WrestleMania <laughs> not me in about 20 30 seconds having to explain to Kali the significance of what she's doing cuz Kali has no idea <laughs> I'm like, all right, she so do that. Day, this is going and then over here. When she came in, she was stalking this girl. I'm like, Colleen's like, wait, Trish Strat? I'm like, yes, that person. Yes, that did put together. Uh, but shout out to uh, Mickey James for the Beyonce Renaissance tour inspired uh, ring attire. That was really cool to see. Uh, and this this match, I think, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. There were those, those sloppy spots that felt just off when you're watching nowadays when 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 we watch wrestling we're so accustomed to having it be so perfectly choreographed because for a lot of that indie style it needs to be because of how fast these moves are going and how just how little downtime there is and the spots and the complexity of the spots that they're going through but we have to remember that this is supposed to be simulating a real fight and it's supposed to have that level of realism to it so whether or not the sloppiness was planned or unplanned it adds that extra wrinkle to it like it could very well have been planned you know to your point about how mickey is able to pull out from some of that sloppiness that level of realism and if it's unplanned even more kudos to mickey james for being able to do that uh, so I think that it, it did add something to it, but in the moment when you're watching it and for, for people that watch wrestling with such a high level of like critique of an eye, you know, you just go, what it, it, something feels wrong. Something feels off. Like I had people behind us who started actually like kind of getting upset and complaining because they're like, when is this match going to end? They, they don't work well together or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, this is part of the times when that whole IWC thing, like you gotta like, remember what it is that we're supposed to be watching it's like in a real fight if somebody hits you hard enough in the jaw with one hit you're going down like i'm sorry that's just you just got put to sleep that's just what happens wake up brush it off like that's what's gonna happen so that aspect of it we should always try to keep that in mind because i remember as i was watching it i was in the back of my mind i was like this just something feels wrong something feels off and afterwards like i was sitting and thinking about it and i was like it added something to it. It really did. So uh, I enjoyed the match for that aspect of it. And a part of me wanted Mickey to win just because it's Mickey James. Why wouldn't you want her to win? But I think that Trinity winning is a smart move. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that Jordan Grace Trinity matchup. Like that got me interested in Hard to Kill for sure. Just because now when I watch Hard to Kill before that match, I'm going to be knowing that the refs are just. And chucking glow sticks into the crowd. I'm more interested in it because it feels like Trinity can actually lose. Like I know there was right. some people, like you said, you you felt like you wanted Mickey James to win, and I know Joe Pearl was saying like he said he was like uh, Mickey James can turn heel and she can win, but I didn't really feel like it felt like Mickey James was really gonna win. But with Jordan Grace, because you have like three months until Hard to Kill, and even right now, like day one, before they even start the build, she feels like more of a person that can be the person deep to deep thrown Trinity here. Yeah. Uh, Christy, what did you think about Trinity versus Mickey James? I enjoyed the match. I gave it three and a half stars too. 
Uh, I just want to start with Mickey's fit. A1. Uh, I feel like I, I like the story, right? They were telling like, you know, with the one upsmanship and stuff, but I feel like it took a little time to hit that next gear. But when they did hit the next gear, it was a good match. Um, I never personally felt I thought Trinity was going to win this the whole time. Like even with the whole story of Mickey James coming back for the title that she never lost, it just kind of feels like it's Trinity's time right now. And the Jordan Grace would be the one to dethrone her. I don't think anybody else in the division right now, even Diana, like is hot enough or has enough, like, I guess, momentum or like stigma behind them. Like, you know, it just Jordan Grace got this like whole ambiance. And now, you know, we know she's back with Impact Wrestling for an extended period of time, which just kind of makes sense that she would be the face that they build around. Even if uh, we don't know if Trinity's contract is up soon and she's there on a short term deal, she might be. You know, weighing other options. You might lose that hard to kill just in time to show up at the in Tampa a few weeks later. In we the don't. Rumble. Hey, hey, you you never know. You never know. So I I think that's where they go. But three and a half stars. Yeah, I'm very interested in the in that upcoming matchup. And yeah, I would I would love to see more uh, matches between Mickey James and uh, Trinity. But I also think that uh, Mickey James might be uh, talking to the other side now that her her hubby is a uh, SmackDown general manager. Just saying. Just saying. I I also the also the other reason why I didn't think Mickey James was gonna win is because both of the main title matches pretty much had the same story of. Former champion who got injured, who lost their title, never lost their title in a match, trying to come back and get their title. And I felt more confident that Josh would come back and win his title than Mickey. That that also hurt Mickey's chances of me thinking that she was gonna win because I was like, it's more, it's more, it's more likely Josh Alexander will come back as the former champion and win back his title, which made this main event very interesting. So you had Alex Shelley defending the Impact World Championship against the former and longest reigning Impact World Champion Josh Alexander, and this was a much different match from everything else we saw in the night because this was a more technical mat based matchup as Shelly just put on an absolute clinic at working over a goddamn arm. Like it was just the surgically repaired arm. He was just doing different things. Like he was hitting them in the side of the arm, like his forearms, instead of hitting them in the head back, he would hit them in the forearm. It was just cool how he was doing it. He would work over his arm over the steel, the steel beam of the turnbuckle at one point, working over his fingers. And you, then you had uh, Josh, he came back, and he started working over Alex Shelley's knee, even with a Brett R.S. figure four around the outside ring post to temporarily regain control. Uh, the injured arm uh, continually became the focus of of Ali Shelley and it really it became the commentary story of the matchup and if it really has recovered the closing stress saw Alexander attempt to uh, get the ankle lock and a leg lock great finding over the, the injured knee that he's worked over throughout the matchup but Shelley was able to escape basically slapping the shit out of Alexander to the point that his headgear popped off Shelley we get a great exchange where they start going for their finisher we get C4 spike reverse into the shell shot reverse into an elbow reverse into a german reverse into an elbow reverse into a shell shot reverse into a c4 into the shell shot finally but shelly did not go for the win he almost was like jeff jarrett after he hits the stroke he was just so shocked 
that he hit his move, but he uh, quickly recovered. He hits a big super kick that knocks Alexander's mouthpiece out, hits another super kick, and then hits a second shell shock for the one, two, three, a decisive victory. I was like, wow, at that finish. I was like, I did not expect that to be the finish. I expected Shelly to probably go heel. I wanted him to win. I thought he would win, but I thought he would do it by going heel. But he did this clean as a sheet, wins and retains the Impact World Championship in what I thought was a great main event matchup. Alex Shelley proving that he is the face of the promotion and still Impact World Champion. And then after the matchup, Josh Alexander got into Shelley's face and showed respect, extending his hand, bowing down to the champion, and then shaking his hand and giving him a hug to show respect between the two champions in the middle of the ring thought this was a great main event to the show i gave it four and a quarter stars what did you think chris g i gave this match four stars i think maybe i expected a little bit more i feel like it was gonna hit another gear or just i don't know i wasn't expecting alex Shelley to retain <laughs> to be straight up it kind of just threw me off especially clean like in the like near the middle of the ring just like everything which I get, you know, the show of respect afterwards. And it's kind of like Josh acknowledging, like, you know, the, the people before him, kind of the champions before him paying the respect and, like, kind of waiting his turn again. I don't know. I understand, but it just it felt like it was missing something. Regardless, it was still a great match. Four stars, I think, is is good. Stacking, you were there live. What did you think? Yeah, so this one I'll give – I get four and a quarter as well because I agree with Chris that it was missing a bit of a, another gear. Uh, but this is the kind of match that I absolutely love. Like, tell me the story in the ring. That's what I want to see. And the way that, that Shelly was working over the arm throughout the course of this. And then Alexander's working over the leg, conversely, going after the isolation of the body parts. That was That was absolutely phenomenal. And for us, you know, just like I was saying, couldn't see it on the other side. We could see on this side the look on Shelly's face when he's in that figure four in the on, on the ring post on the outside. Absolutely incredible. And it's it's just really, really cool to see Shelly right now because he's it, it feels as though, you know, because part of the story was that he had never won the world title. And now that he's got it, like this kind of collective appreciation, it's like a it's like not not specifically winning the Oscar, but like the lifetime achievement Oscar. It, that, that's what this kind of feels like for him right now. Like he just it's it's the culmination of everything that he's been working towards for all these years for his entire career. And Saban has kind of overshadowed him in that world title picture, so to speak. Uh, especially because when Saban won that world title, it was how many years ago? It was twenty what twenty twelve, twenty thirteen? Twenty twenty thirteen. Yeah, for 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 the ones during the Aces and Eights thing. Uh, so it, it just felt so due and now having Shelly being able to get the time to have these awesome matches because Motor City Machine Guns getting a 25 minute match or 20 minute match. Yeah, but there's four people involved when you have a singles. It's just you and the other person and getting that opportunity to showcase because he was definitely working heel throughout many parts of this match. And it did feel as though there, this could be leading to some kind of a turn. Uh, but I. You know, personally, I wanted uh, Josh to win. I'm saying all that just to say that I wanted Josh to win. But that's also because I wanted Macklin to win the Monsters Ball. And I I just want to see that Macklin-Alexander world title match that we were supposed to get 
before Josh got injured. But that's what like that story. I, I really want them to find a way to get back to that, and they probably will eventually. But uh, that's the, that's why I was kind of pulling for Alexander. But um, Shelley deserved to retain. Like I can't take anything away from from that. And so I, I was happy to see the the either either way, whoever won, it, it was it worked for me. But this was a, a great match, and I think what they did that was really smart was they understood. You know, we're saying it felt like it was missing another gear, but I think they understood that they were not going to be able to match gear for gear, speed for speed with Speedball and Osprey. Yeah. So they said, we'll go the other side of things, and we'll just tell the story of your arm, how strong is your arm versus my leg. And I think that worked out really well for them. Uh, so I, I like this one in, if, if it had more time, if it had kind of maybe hit another gear, I arguably could have, because of just the style of match that I like, I could have put this above Speedball and Osprey, but because it didn't, I, I can't put it as high, but this was a fantastic main event and I'm glad that, uh, that Shelly retained ultimately. I am as well. I think that Shelly, there's a lot more room for him to do. And I feel like he can play a tweener where he can play yeah. a heel against the baby faces and play the baby face against the heels. So I like, and, I and, like that champion. And, and, and the other thing is that if he does, you know, play that tweener role to eventual heel and you have Saban keep retaining the X Division title, you have the easy story I, of Saban trying I, to save his partner. And he says, the only way I can do it is by taking that world title from you. I will use option C and try to take that title from you. I said this. I said that's the money matchup that you go yeah. with next is, is Chris Saban keep being the champion. And then we solely see because of the whole paranoia and his insecurity, Alex Shelley start continuing this whole breakdown of his psyche to eventually he's a heel. And then Saban tries to convince him to cross over and he's forced to have to cash in option C to face <laughs> him. And it would be appropriate that that would be probably maybe the main event for hard to kill if if not for moose uh moose did announce earlier in the show that he said he would be impact world champion by the end of hard to kill but we shall see but they did preview hard to kill after the finish of the matchup we talked about it earlier but gotta mention it here there was a whole big video at the end with impact stars you had frankie kazarian eddie edwards lish uh the motor city machine guns josh alexander jordan grace they were staying they were in this like uh woods and you have kazarian pulling out a chest out the water and he says that the wrestling world is bleeding and they have to go back to their roots to become what they what they truly are supposed to be and that is why tna wrestling has returned we get the big tna chant in chicago and then scott demore in the ring with those that were involved in the video package and he says we're back what was the reaction for you being there live, Stag King? Did you get lost in the moment in chanting TNA? <laughs> yeah, so uh, unfortunately, because we arrived right as the show was starting, uh, the only spot for us in the section that we had tickets to did not have a great view of the of the main screen, which probably... Well, no, because they weren't showing the matches during the actual show. They just had the Found for Glory thing. But we weren't able to see the video as well as uh, other people in the arena. So it took a little bit until it's like right towards the end. Now, luckily, <laughs> some people had decided to leave already. So we were able to kind of move over and, uh, and, and see towards the end of the video. 
Um, but this was a this was a cool moment. Uh, I know we talked about it earlier, but it was just really great. And you, you just you felt it from everybody that was in the ring afterwards, like just the work that's gone into getting back to TNA. It, it, in a sense, you know, TNA had incredible quality matches. Like we have the 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 styles Daniel Samoa Joe from back in the day. We have all those things, but it also had a lot of goofy shit at the same time. And in a sense, this feels as though they wanted to earn back the good side of that TNA name. And they feel as though they've done it and it feels like the right moment. And uh, now this part felt a little weird because Scott Demore was still facing hard cam when he was, when he was saying this. So I wasn't sure if it was still on the show or not. But uh, he just straight up was like, fucking fuck. We fucking earned it. It's fucking back. TNA is fucking back. Like, fuck. But TNA is fucking back. He's like throwing the mic and shit. And I'm like, this can't still be on the broadcast. I'm like, I know it's right at 10 o'clock, but this can't no, be on said, the broadcast. No, he said, we're back. He said, we're back and it ended. He oh, okay. Okay, okay. So, so he drops, so he throws the mic. After that, he goes and gets another mic. And then he's continuing. He's like continuing for like another five to ten minutes, like just going off. And but the entire time he's facing hard cam. So I'm like, did like what is going? Like I would have turned around. Like that's where the bulk of the people are. Uh, but he's just he was losing his mind, going off, and, and it was really funny. Because none of the, the, the ring is full of wrestlers. None of them are like Scott. Maybe you shouldn't say those words. Like maybe that's not the best thing for you to do. They were just like. Fuck yeah! Yeah, at that point, I was like, "Okay, we got to be off the air because there's no way." <laughs> but yeah, the the atmosphere in the in the in the uh, in the Cicero Stadium was really really off the charts for that video. And once you know you saw that TNA logo, it was just the chants were were awesome. And part of what he was saying was like, "We we fucking heard you chanting anywhere we went." We want to give this to you. We feel as though it's the time. We feel as though we earned it. Let's go. So it was, it was an awesome moment. Great, great stuff. You were there live for that. That's awesome. Awesome moment to be a part of an Impact TNA history. Chris G, what did you think about the presentation of the video to announce they're going back to TNA? I thought they were, like, setting it up for Hard to Kill. And then, uh, you know, they start bringing in, like, the old footage and shit and just, like, yeah. kind of ways building up. I'm, I'm just, like, intrigued. And then once I finally see the letters TNA Wrestling, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're doing, like, a tribute or some shit. Then once I hear fucking Scott D.O., we're back. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, baby, we back. We back. I, ironically, <laughs> ironically, the first Impact pay-per-view I've ever been to, first Impact show I've ever been to. It's also the last impact. The last impact, though. <laughs> you are for me too, as well. They, yeah, they said they're going with uh, to totally like revamp of their look, their feel. Uh, it's gonna be like the new. Uh, it's going back to the TNA logo, new titles, uh, new new program graphics. Is going to be completely new come January, and I'm looking forward to it. I think this might be the jolt that Impact uh, and TNA need. For 2024 after a run of really good years of good product from uh impact wrestling now it's tna i have to get used to that tna impact no more tna 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 <laughs> but yes that's gonna bring us to the end of this review here 
So, of course, sound off in the live chat. Final call for Super Chat donations. Uh, final call for that. Final call for comments. And give us your match of the night. Your MVP, LVP. And out of 10, what did you give the show? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. For us on the screen here, for Impact, Bound for Glory 2023 in 3, 2, 1. Thumbs up across the board. Chris G, out of 10, what did you give the show? Easy eight and a half. I, it, was, it was a very solid show from beginning to end. And um, we got a match of the year contender, right? So I think I think it well-deserved eight and a half. Match of the year contender, a great main event, uh, a very fun tag team title match, a very fun battle royal as well, and good good matches. There weren't really any bad matches for me on this show. So, yeah, easy eight and a half, and plus a noteworthy show with the TNA announcement at the end. That's all I can really ask for. Eight and a half, I got to give that to the show. What did, you, what did you give Impact Bound for Glory 2023 stacking? I give this one an eight. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it was great being there live. Like for me, I think my drop, my the difference between it is because I couldn't see everything you guys could see because of the just that camera setup and stuff. But uh, besides that, this was a really great show. Uh, match of the year contender in Speedball and Mike. I think that's probably going to be everybody's match of the night. Uh, so this was this was a good one. Yeah, we'll go to match of the night. You're 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 starting it <laughs> off, stacking <laughs> uh, Speedball and Speedball and Osprey. Easily speedball in Osprey, Christy. Unanimous. Unanimous. You tell us in the live chat who what you thought was match of the night, or do you disagree? Do you want to make it unanimous across the board as well? MVP for the show, Christy. Uh, you know what? A little out of out of the, the blue, but I'm gonna give it to Scott Diamore for turning impact wrestling into you know a reputable wrestling company again. And, you know, transcending back into the TNA roots and kind of make, taking it up a notch. Like it, it feels like it's a big step for this company. So Scott D. Moore has been heading it, and he's going to get the MVP. And he also put together a hell of a show. I got to go co-MVP for Scott Demore, and I'm going to go with the Impact World Champion, Alex Shelley, proving everybody wrong, because I, I heard more people than not saying Josh Alexander was going to win the main event. He was an underdog as champion and proved himself in decisive fashion. So I give it to Shelley and Demore. Who was your MVP stacking? My MVP is Speedball Mike Bailey, because he had the best opportunity out of anybody on the roster to – not just make a name for himself, but just enhance that overall who Mike Bailey is, get that name out. And I think that he sees the bull by the horns and said, you know what? Everybody knows what Will Ospreay does. Everybody knows who he is. This is not, nobody is expecting me to win. Nobody, everybody knows I'm going to lose, but there's a difference between losing and losing. And I'm going with the former. I'm making sure that I'm going to be, to win no matter what happens. And he definitely won. Yeah, that's as strong as you can look in a defeat for sure. Yeah. LVP for the show. Uh, we will start with you, Stat King. Who was the LVP for the show? Uh, Dirty Dango, because the majority of his time, he had zero time in the caller shot gauntlet. Yes. Uh, he just literally ran in to run out. And uh, then Vladimir Kozlov, whose current name escapes me at the moment, but, uh, Oleg Pudis, Pudis, Oleg Pudif, something what like you that. Said. Yeah. Uh, he got the bulk 
of why Dago was out there. Like he looked strong. Dago did not. Uh, so that that's gotta be LVP for me. Chris G. It's like my answer. I'm going with Dirty Dango just for <laughs> in and out. But I do want to say I think his name is Oleg Putrius. Something Future. something along those lines. I'm gonna start referring to him as the Russian Batista. He is Russian, Russian, Russian David Batista. There we go. He looked, bro, he looked like a he looked like a cross between uh what did I say yesterday? Somebody and Tyson Fury, like just for no reason. Just like for no reason. Tyson Fury, yeah. yeah uh, I gotta I gotta feel like his his tag team partner, uh Santino, had a little bit of a hand in that because it, it, it is a lot like Santino's Royal Rumble appearance. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I gotta go with Dirty Dango and 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 Johnny Bravo for looking like a a traffic cone. I, I gotta give it to both of them for for LVP. They were the losers on this show, but that brings us to a close on our Bound for Glory review. We want to thank you all for joining us live. Thank you all for watching us on demand. Stack King, let the people know where they can follow you on social media and when they'll see you again, sir. You guys can always catch me here on uh, the. True Hill Heat YouTube channel, both popping in here and there for different appearances. You can also catch me over on True Hill Heat Sports. I believe we're doing Sunday Night Football, and I'll be on for that. And you guys can catch me on our Patreon channel for Review of Honor, covering everything that matters, everything that's important from Ring of Honor. Absolutely. Chris G. You can find me on Instagram at True Hill Chris G. You can already find me here at the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, True Hill Heat Wrestling YouTube channel. Usually on Wednesdays, Elite Heat. Thursdays on the Twitch for Blunt Impact. And you could also catch me here for NX3 specials, pay-per-views, True Hill Heat Sports, basketball, football, baseball talk, UFC watch-alongs, all that good stuff. And eventually on the Patreon, we'll restart the hardcore rewind. So got to put a couple of those in the chamber so we can start releasing those for the Patreon. And follow us on the Twitter machine, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com uh, forward slash True Hills or ForYourWear.com forward slash True Hill Heat for your True Hill Heat merchandise. And I got to ask Chris G, are we going live on True Hill Heat Sports to preview NBA now? Um, Yeah, you want to give me like <laughs> maybe 30 minutes? <laughs> okay, so we're going live at 7. I need to prepare. Seven. Need to prepare. The we're going live at 7. All, I gotta all right. Say. All right. All right, Fear 15, the 16 minutes. I got this. I got this. So, so, uh, seven ish, seven ish. Before we gotta go, we gotta be out before 8 15 because they gotta start right. there watch a lot. Um, oh, <laughs> football, that's right. All right, don't worry. We got this. We got this. Let's look, look, look at all the things we give you guys here. Look at that. Channels. Look at Come that. On. So, jump over to True Hill Heat Sports. We'll be live in 30 minutes, uh, for our NBA season preview for the 2023 2024 season. So, join us live for that. Hit the notification. I already made the link. I'll just change the time. And check out the True Hill Heat flagship podcast from yesterday with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Zach Haydorn of Pro of SE Scoops, where we talked about this week in wrestling, Sting announcing his retirement, John Cena teasing a retirement, Vince getting a Vince pulled on him and out the door via Ari Emanuel, plus much, much more. So check that out. And want to thank Stat King. Want to thank Chris G. Want to thank all of you. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video. Share with your friends. Comment down below if you're watching us on demand. And let us know what you thought about Impact Bound for Glory and the return of TNA. This has been our Impact Bound for Glory 2023 review.
we are signing off until next time. TNA, TNA, TNA. <laughs> <laughs>